The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Get all dressed up because it's awards night. Baby, that's right. The Cover 3 September Awards will be given out in the process of this show. Uh, we will be handing these awards to the individuals who have won them. Uh, I don't know. It might just be a tweet. Maybe we will come up with some gift bag uh, that includes some Cover 3 swag, though uh, so many Cover 3 fans have been buying up the merch. I've heard that the Cover 3 merch at the CBS store is uh, difficult to come by. Uh, Tom Fernelli. Uh, we are going to be going for uh, team, player, coach, game, and uh, a few uh, off-the-board awards as well. Uh, are, are you excited for this big awards night in the Cover 3 podcast land? Oh, oh my God. Just talk about sleepless nights getting ready for our big awards show. Uh, I do want the listeners to know that Bud and Danny also have nominations, but we threw them out because like any good award show, it's only an excuse to get people here. So if, if you're not showing up to the event, you're not going to win anything. Yeah. So uh, I guess that means that no awards for uh, Florida State. Nope. <laughs> no, I don't have a monologue. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, if the audience is ready, let's go ahead and kick off the Cover 3 Monthly Awards for September. All right, let's begin with Team of the Month for September. I've got um, four nominations. I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, and start so we can get this discussion started and uh and, and figure out who ends up taking home the trophy. Okay. Well, my first nomination that I'm going to bring to the table is a team that did not have a whole lot of hype surrounding it coming into the season, but is currently undefeated and has beaten two teams that were ranked at the time already. And maybe two teams that should still be ranked. I'm taking Arkansas or nominating Arkansas with my first nomination. Yes, sir. You got to think that Arkansas is going to be uh, leading the way here for the the wins against uh, both Texas and Texas A and M. 
the you know against Rice, we saw Rice be frisky for about a half, and the Razorbacks pull away. I don't think that there's any better time for us to give all of the flowers to Arkansas than right here at the end of September before the Razorbacks go to play Georgia uh, here on October 2nd. So I'm, Arkansas is on my list as well. For the purposes of uh, challenging it or discussion, what about Penn State? Penn State was also a nominee of mine. They were actually my second nominee. I think that's this is it's a similar situation to Arkansas, except we had higher expectations for Penn State coming into the season, but they opened the year with a win over Wisconsin on the road, and then they got that win at home against a ranked Auburn team, and you know they've moved up into the top five, and now they're in considering the you know kind of sluggishness of Ohio State to start the season. Penn State's suddenly gone from, hey, they, they they might have a decent season. They might rebound from a bad year last year to playoff team. Do you? I think that I am entering October um, considering Penn State as a playoff team, and that also speaks to what we've seen from other teams that we thought were playoff teams. One of my big lessons for all, like, the college football landscape from the month of September is that I need to rethink where I'm setting the bar for a playoff team. And that bar is lower than it was at the start of the season based on Clemson reeling Um, Oklahoma with its offensive line and its offense still yet to really get going. Um, You know, Ohio state obviously with uh, sputtering a little bit. So as the, as the pool becomes larger because the bar is lower I have no problem calling Penn State a playoff team heading into October. Yeah, like I don't I don't think I don't think Penn State's a playoff team in the last three years. If it's playing like it is right now, like I don't think we're looking at it as like, hey, that's a feisty Big Ten team. Maybe they'll provide a challenge for Ohio State. But this year, that's very much a team that is in the running for a playoff spot right now. Um, okay. Uh, that's so we both have Penn State and Arkansas. On our list of nominees, we'll make our selection here in just a little bit. Uh, why don't you go next with uh, the next nominee for team of the month? All right, well, I'll stick in the Big Ten for this one. Another team that's defying some expectations for it: the uh, Michigan State, four and zero, ranked number seventeenth in the poll. It opened the season with a win at Northwestern, which you know, in hindsight, hasn't been that impressive since because Northwestern's been kind of a mess. But they went on the road. They beat Miami by 21. They beat Nebraska this weekend. They're, they've just been, they don't have like the resume of Arkansas and Penn State to this point, but they've also just been impressive from start to finish. Like since the B season, like there, there hasn't been a moment where they've looked bad. Like even when they were kind of still losing in that Miami game or close in that Miami game, you felt like they were the better team throughout the entire 60 minutes and that they were going to win it eventually. And that's exactly what happened. So I, I think that this is a team that Mel Tucker's squad's off to a really good start. And I think that honestly, like you look at the Big Ten East right now, compared to what we thought coming into the season, like when we just thought it was going to be Ohio State and everybody else, this is a really solid division between Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, and then I don't know if you're going to bring them up. I'm not. I haven't nominated them for team of the month, but I think Michigan and Maryland are also off to have fantastic starts. I am not going to nominate Michigan. I am not going to nominate Maryland, though they are. I agree, off to off to awesome starts, and the the Big Ten East is the new game um, where in our live stream on Monday. I saw the the commenters started to say like 
uh, take this team, drop them in the Big Ten East. I mean, it is the SEC West game. We are so used to playing that game with the SEC West. Oh, yeah, well, if they're so good, drop them in the SEC West, they'd be the fifth best team. They'd be the mm-hmm. sixth best team. You could take the sixth or seventh Big Ten East team, and they would be third or fourth in the Big Ten West. You know, they would let, drop them in the ACC Atlantic. I don't know. Second, third, something like that. Um, the Big Ten East is given the SEC West, and the SEC West is very good because I don't think Mississippi State is bad, and I think Mississippi State is the seventh SEC West team. Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, and again, it is not a bad team. It's just among those teams no, in the it's SEC just an West. incredible division. <laughs> yeah. So Big Ten East and SEC West are, are both near the top. Um, so my, I'm going to pair these two together because they played against each other and they are my final two nominations. Um, Oregon and Fresno State. I, I truthfully do not have as much support for either one of these as team of the month as I do with an Arkansas or Penn State. But Fresno State, and this is where we almost do get to lean into the award show um, aspect of this. Like, like there are Michigan State nominations on my card that, didn't have Michigan State necessarily here uh, as my team of the month. There are Fre- There is a Fresno State and an Oregon nomination on my card that didn't necessarily uh, get in here uh, as well. So Fresno State, uh, Jay Kaner gave us that incredible performance against UCLA, and they continue to be a one-loss team with that only loss coming to Oregon. Oregon hasn't given us consistent highlights, mm-hmm. but – the close call against Fresno State looks different now, and the Ohio State game was epic. So I, I think that I would almost lean Fresno State over Oregon, but I would still select Arkansas or Penn State before those two if, if I had to rank them myself. Yeah, I think they're excellent honorable mention candidates. I do think, I don't know, here's an award I'll just make up. Win of the month goes to Oregon for that road win against Ohio State. I think that was the biggest win for anybody this month. That might be one of the biggest wins we'll see all season. Mm-hmm. Like the to for a Pac-12 team with the Pac-12's inabilities to make the college football playoff over the last seven years to notch that non-conference win, what it did to shed uh, Oregon from that tightrope that you have to walk as a Pac-12 team on a regular basis, where just one loss and they're ready to throw you out. Now with that Ohio State win, if they do get caught somewhere in, and we've said it a lot here, the nine-game Pac-12 schedule does not help the Pac-12 make the college football playoff. The Pac-12 is more likely to make the college football playoff if that game is a non-conference game of the particular program's choosing. So for Oregon to be able to enter Pac-12 play with that massive non-conference road win against a conference championship contender, i I think that's not only the best win of the month, uh, but probably the best win that we'll have all season just because of the non-conference and college football playoff ramifications. For sure. I've got a couple more nominations here. These are most these are more honorable mentions that I think they are serious contenders. Uh, the first one is Bowling Green. For It's only two and two, but its win total is one and a half. So it exceeded its win total in the month of September 
And it deserves a shout out for that, for all the crap that we've given it on this show. So honorable mention for Bowling Green. And my other two honorable mentions are Napoli, which has won the first six matches of the season in Serie A to be in first place. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, who went 11 and 14 so far this month to easily push over their win total of 58 and a half, clinching it last night and winning money for both of us. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. <laughs> oh man, if if I had known that we were going to be uh, touting the race to fifty nine here on the uh, on the cover three pod, yeah, you let Bud and Danny leave. We'll we'll take this thing anywhere <laughs> we want to go. Uh, yes, uh, much thanks to uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Cabrian Hayes. I will love you for a long time, Brian Reynolds. A pitching staff that really broke my heart with a lot of blown leads. But hey, you got us where we needed to go eventually. See, that was the best thing about betting the win total on the Pirates is that, like, elementary-wise, it's like, okay, they should be, every team should win at least 60 games. I don't care how bad you are. But, like, their wins, there weren't, like, any easy wins. All 59 of them to, so far, to this part, I feel like they blew a lead at some point and either came back or didn't, like, a thousand times. So there was... Non-stop thrill ride, not just in September, but in April, May, June, July, and August as well. Love to go to the window. Um, okay, Penn State or Arkansas? We got to make a decision here. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I'm going to do that standard thing where it's like they're defying expectations. Therefore, it's more impressive. <laughs> I'm going to go with Arkansas because we got to give them their flowers now. The upcoming schedule is grueling. So let's go ahead and do it. The cover three team of the month for September is the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Y'all let me uh, take my shoes off. <laughs> Sometimes I took my socks off, too. Y'all were good to me last time I was here. Um, love Sam Pittman. Uh, all right, let's 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 take it to player of the month. I've got five names, including uh, one from P producer Jordan, who uh, who's offered this for the purposes of discussion. Uh, I'll go ahead and get it started. Matt Corral has been ridiculous. The offensive numbers that Ole Miss has put up, and they were off for one week in September, still are among the best in the entire country. The fact that he's done it a little, he's like Tulane is not a lesser opponent. That just because Ole Miss put up 700 yards of offense and had 41 first downs and Matt Corral had seven touchdowns total, like we, that's an FCS box score and not an FCS opponent. That is an opponent that did a really good job competing against Oklahoma. So I, I look at it as, uh, you know, no reason to put any uh, real asterisk, e even though when you look at the schedule, we don't have, you know, the long, uh, it's not been a, against the power five opponents that, for example, an Arkansas or a Penn State, two of our team of the month nominees uh, have taken. But I, I've got Matt Corral as my first nominee for player of the month in September. It's perfectly, perfectly acceptable nomination. Uh, I'll stick with the quarterbacks. I'm going to a team that isn't, you know, it's he's not a Heisman favorite. He's not playing for a team that's ranked, but he has been balling out to start the year. And I think it's like his 13th or 14th season there. I'm going Kenny Pickett, who 
through four games with the Pitt Panthers is completing 74.2% of his passes, 10.2 yards per attempt, 15 touchdowns to only one interception, averaging 335.5 yards per game. I think that's top three or four in the country. Like Pitt can't run. So Pickett's having to sling it and defenses know at every single play, they're probably going to be passing and it's really not making a difference. He's doing a fantastic job to start the season. And I don't know if it's going to last all year. So I got to get this nomination for player of the month in while I can. Can we say that Kenny Pickett is an iconic pit quarterback? I mean, I I'd say it's him and Dan Marino. That's it. No, no, it's him and Nathan Peterman. Okay. Kenny Pickett or Nathan Peterman are your iconic uh pit quarterbacks. No, no. I think I think I think Peterman's third. I think it's Pickett Marino Peterman. Yeah, that's okay. That's that and then Tino Sinceri fourth. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously Tino Sinceri fourth. Um, love that, love that nomination right there. So I'll go non-quarterback. I mean, we got to give some love here and I understand it might end up being honorable mention unless he's on your board as well. Kenneth Walker, the third, I mean, at a very minimum, like definitely transfer of Jake Hayner. We'll see. Definitely the transfer of the month, maybe the transfer of the year. The former Wake Forest running back has been absolutely stellar. And you mentioned Michigan state, like, the reason why you watch Michigan State and you think uh, they are the better team, like no matter what the scoreboard is, is because there is nothing. Um, there's no smoke and mirrors. There's no putt putt offense. They're running at you mm-hmm. and they are running through you and they are running by you. And Kenneth Walker the third is the one doing that. So I wanted to make sure that he got mentioned as a finalist here uh, for Cover Three Podcast Player of the Month. He was also on my board as well. So. Uh, yeah, 571 yards, six touchdowns, 7.2 yards every time he touches the ball, and that's important too because while he's been primarily a runner and that's the way Michigan State's mostly using him, he's also helping out in the passing game too, catching a few passes here and there. So I think he's got one receiving touchdown. Uh, staying in the state of Michigan, my next nominee comes from the defensive side of the ball. Guy with five and a half sacks already this season, Michigan edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson. On my list as well. I was like, we've got to get some defensive players out here, and no individual defensive player has um, has. There's another one actually, but no, uh, only two individual defensive players have really popped in the way that Aiden Hutchinson has, and it was the one thing. And this isn't a reason necessarily to um, give him more credit in this discussion. But it was the one thing that Michigan was missing so badly last year was getting a good pass rush, getting home when you do have that pass rush. And for Aiden Hutchinson, both in sacks and tackles for loss, uh, he was without a doubt a finalist for me as well. Mm-hmm. What about, all right, I mentioned him earlier, Jake Hayner, quarterback, Fresno State, a legend forever for picking up his limbs off the turf and putting himself back together like a cartoon. I mean, I, I don't know which, you know, you choose uh, what superhero or cartoon you want to have, but the way that Mr. Jake Glass, Mr. The way that he gutted it out in the win against UCLA. And even like, you know, we talked about the full body cramp in the week zero win against UConn, but the UNLV game, sneaky below the radar. They needed Jake Hayner to Mm -hmm. save them in that one too. So it doesn't matter whether it's 
one of the worst teams in the Mountain West Conference or one of the best teams in the Pac-12, Fresno at some point is going to come to Jay Kaner and say, Jake, we, we need you, bud. <laughs> and he is going to deliver. So that's why I wanted to nominate him for player of the month. Yeah, his worst game of the season so far from a statistical standpoint was the loss to Oregon. But even in that game, he completed 69.8% of his passes for 298 yards with a touchdown and an interception. That was his worst game. And I, I'm i not nominating him for player of the month because I didn't think there was a chance he was going to win. I did nominate him for another award that I made up on my own. It is the gamer of the month and not the video gamer. I just mean like the classic old school playing through the, you know, I'm not, I'm not injured. I'm just hurt kind of guy who plays through everything and plays well. Cause like you said, even against UNLV sneaky game that we kind of just assumed Fresno was going to run through them, but they were all banged up and tired from having to play that, you know, the Oregon UCLA stretch there comes through in the clutch, throws five touchdowns team needed all five of them won the game. He's just a gamer. He's there every single week. He's never gonna. He's never gonna take a day off. Never gonna take a game off. Never gonna take a playoff, even if his legs are broken. <laughs> Jake Hayner, um, much love to you. Okay, who else do you have uh, on your nomination? Then we got to make a decision. All right, this is my last nomination. It's actually a duo. I am nominating the Oregon safeties. Both, oh, both for one of them. Yeah, Verone McKinley and Bennett Williams have combined for seven interceptions already this year. <laughs> like that's that's pretty useful from your safeties. And McKinley's a you know off to a good start. Bennett Williams is actually this is I don't think he's played since 2017 when he was a at least at the FBS level when he was a freshman at Illinois and was named All Big Ten as a freshman. Left the team for reasons. Now he's resurfaced at Oregon and he's having a really good year. So I'm, I'm happy to see he's back and playing well again. Hell of a stat combined for seven INT and, and what four games. Yeah. Like I think, uh, I think McKinley has four and Williams has three. Inc- I mean, that is uh, that's interceptions. I have been known in my, you know, 11 year, 12 year run or whatever. Uh, I've been known to overrate interceptions to go to CFB stats and just like, pull up the interception count or the passes defended count. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, that's a fine way to be able to fill out like a mid season. All American team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes damn it, it stands up. Like sometimes the players that are out here ball hawking, um, there's, they are the best in the country. I, I love that right there um, from you. Also uh, from producer Jordan, SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai uh, getting some some love as a finalist and a nominee here for Cover Three Podcast Player of the Month. Obviously, the uh, he had the it wasn't a hail mary, but it was a toss that is very similar to the game of five hundred. That's what I called it when I had to write it up uh, for CBS Sports. But because the internet is dumb, the headline still said Hail Mary because that's what people search for when they need to search for uh, SMU's game-winning touchdown against Louisiana Tech. Uh, then he has the win in the Iron Skillet against TCU. Tanner Mordecai getting it done for the Mustangs Pony Up. Not a nominee for you? Oh, no. He, he's definitely a nominee. He's had a great season so far. Okay, let's make some decisions. I think that for... Was Kenneth Walker the only one that was on both of our lists? Yeah. Oh no, Aiden Hutchinson was. Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think if if we're going to limit it to 
players that were on both of our lists, I would say between those two, I would give it to Walker ahead of Hutchinson. Okay. Who would you argue for from your list that wasn't on mine? Pickett. Kenny Pickett's had just monster numbers the entire month. He's had better numbers than Corral. Tiebreak is you look, I, I know he left the game, but you lost to Western Michigan. I know, but Western Michigan, you know, they've, they're a good, solid team. I know that's a red herring. That is, by the way, that's a red herring loss for, uh, Pitt. I mean, they wouldn't be Pitt if they didn't lose to Western Michigan. Like, that's but, what Pitt does. Right, but then, the, and as we said, they also put 77 on the board against New Hampshire. <laughs> but I am going to treat Kenneth Walker's yards against the likes of, you know, uh, Miami and a Nebraska. I'm going to give that a little bit more of an edge than what Kenny Pickett did against Western Michigan and New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, think, I think Kenny's the real, the winner. That's right, the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month for September, Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker third. Coming up on the other side, our Coach of the Month for September, our Game of the Month, and more superlatives for September next. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, confidence is so important. And one of the real keys to confidence is the look that you're able to put together. Sometimes when you've got a the right outfit on, like I do right now, wearing this snazzy looking tux for our awards night here on the Cover 3 podcast, it can bring out something special within you. Uh, you know, any kind of occasion, whether it's work, whether it is uh, social, whether it's something with family, just just having the right outfit put together, the different pieces that that is going to help you be your best self, be as confident as possible. And Indochino is there to help you personalize your clothing. Indochino offers completely custom fitted suits, shirts, casual wear and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every single detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, lapel, monogram, and statement linings, and you can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. And the best part is that Indochino suits start at just $399 with all of those customizations included. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting personalized clothing. You can find your nearest location at Indochino.com. But right now, why don't you use Indochino.com to get 
that suit. Because right now you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code COVER3 or at checkout. And you don't even need to get a suit. You could get pants, shirts, casual wear. Just go and put together an entire outfit customized exactly for you. And if the entire purchase is over $399, you can get $50 off that purchase by using the code COVER3 at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com, promo code COVER3. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code COVER3. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, September awards, we turn our attention to the sidelines for the Cover 3 podcast Coach of the Month Award for September. Uh, Tom Fernelli, you get first nomination. Oh, I've got a lot of coaches on my board. I feel like I should probably trim it a little bit, but we're going to start with, I mean, the guy we, we named in the team of the month. We might as well nominate him for Coach of the Month, Sam Pittman. I know. And the so part of Sam Pittman's, uh, the credit, is something that is so um intangible and can get eye rolls and you can get laughed out of conversations when you try to uh bring up something that you can't point to with real evidence other than just watching the games but this is an Arkansas team that for most of the entire two seasons that he has been the head coach seems to play really hard for Sam Pittman mm-hmm. like seems to come out um well prepared with a lot of effort there's not a whole lot of quit in this team at any point. And even when the losses started to pile up after they initially exceeded expectations last year, they were tough out. They were really tough out. So um, that is such a, in addition to the ranked wins, in addition to exceeding expectations for the second year in a row, there is an intangible excitement that I get watching Arkansas because they just seem to play hard. Yeah, they're just, they're a fun team and it's everybody looks like they're enjoying themselves all the time. Of course, it's easier to look like you're enjoying yourself when you're winning. Yes, without a doubt. Um, we mentioned him on Monday's podcast and I think this uh, offhanded comment sparked the idea for uh, for us to really lean into this. Mel Tucker, Michigan State, because um, I mean, Tuck coming like this is a coach who was handed one of the most difficult situations possible. We called him, we called Michigan State a chaos. I called Michigan State a chaos team because last year they were two and five, but those two wins were against the Big Ten West Division champion in Northwestern and also against rival Michigan. Whoa, how'd you lose to all these worst teams and then go and win all these other games? I don't get it. Well, now as we finish up September and turn the calendar to October, they are four and oh, They've got a hard-fought win against Nebraska. Wasn't the Spartans' best performance. But again, if you're able to get that win, defend home turf, uh, that is very, very key towards keeping pace in that Big Ten East race. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, the win again at Miami. So I wanted to make sure that Mel Tucker got some mention here for our Cover 3 podcast Coach of the Month in September. Yeah, he's definitely on my board as well. Uh I will stick again in the Big Ten with a team we've already discussed, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But James Franklin, also, Penn State, 
team very much exceeding expectations so far of what we had again coming off a losing season two big wins currently in the playoff talk and playoff consideration so he's got to be oh and he's also you know the usc job he's getting thrown around for that too so his name's all over the place this month uh he's been landing killer uh most of the recruiting stuff i think was in like july and august he went on a real run uh locking up a bunch of four-star prospects many of them who made their announcements on cbs sports hq including uh donald driver's son and that relationship started when james franklin was the wide receivers coach at green bay could you imagine trying to recruit donald driver's son a four-star prospect who's like could be wide receiver, could be defensive back. I forgot which one he said he wants to play at the next level, but obviously because he's an elite player, can do both, has done both right now. But it's like, all right, so you know, who else are you talking to? It's like, well, I'm talking to Penn State. Oh, yeah, yeah. what do you think of James Franklin? It was like, well, I was a baby when I met him. So like, <laughs> James Franklin's a good enough recruiter. Uh, all right, I James Franklin is on my list as well. And if to take this to the to the flowery side, I think that when you hear Jahan Dotson talk to the media and when you hear some of these Penn State players talk to the media, they are surging with confidence right now. And I credit the coaching staff for being able to really refocus this group and get their mentality right for the season where they're going in and um, they seem in the process, in the flow, undistracted, and look, could win the Big Ten, could be a college football playoff team. If they continue this path, it feels like their floor is nine and three or ten and two. Yeah, very impressive work, James Franklin. Also on my list. Uh, how about Brian Kelly? Yeah, I mean, how can you not nominate him at this point? Notre Dame undefeated. It's picked up a couple big wins. He's past Newt Rockney for all-time wins at Notre Dame. Which, considering how long Notre Dame's been playing football and the name Newt Rockney, it's like. Passing him on that list is impressive at any point, but even he, Brian Kelly, says himself when he was asked about it last week before he won, he says, if I win the game, it'll just mean I've won more games at Notre Dame than any other coach without winning a national title. <laughs> I I like I, Brian, I respect the hell out of him for saying it. I like where Brian Kelly's at right now. We yeah. see this with coaches. When you cross over that... Um, that wall or, you know, whatever that line is where you really like you are totally comfortable with your career and where your program is at. And you don't have any like gnawing insecurities or concerns. And it really is just a matter of like, we'll see how we play. You know, I'm very comfortable with our recruiting. I'm very comfortable with our coaching staff and we might not win every game, but you know, we might not play well, but I'm very confident in how we, it's like when he, when he snapped back, he's like, yeah, Alabama and Clemson are good. All right. So we're losing to national champions. So what? <laughs> that happens. Um, I like where he's at right now. And he was also very thankful to get it over with. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Frankly, being like, I I'm just glad that we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> he's, he's the winningest coach. Congratulations. And uh, the reason that I nominated him here is that Notre Dame has had four wildly different games. Yes. <laughs> they are 4-0 and 
and they are getting close to getting bingo in terms of the ways to win it, high scoring, low scoring, come back from a deficit, you know, hold, or not come back from a deficit, but like uh, blow a game wide open late, um, hold off the late charge, win in yeah, overtime, nearly blow it late, <laughs> nearly blow it late, but be able to hold on in overtime. It is, they have run um, the full gamut of ways to win in college football by the end of September. I don't think he will win, but when you are the head coach of a team that has found ways to win against four, what I believe are quality opponents in, no, never not Florida state. Um, you, you at least deserve some credit as a head coach for being able to navigate those situations for sure. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm all tapped out for a coach of the month nominations. I've got four more nominees. I don't expect any of the four to win it, but I wanted to give them, you know, credit for what they've done in the starts they're off to. So I'll start with Dave Clawson at Wake. The Deeks are undefeated. Their schedule to this point hasn't been, you know, incredible, but they have they are two and zero in the ACC with wins over Florida State and Virginia. That Virginia win on the road. Uh, I want to give some credit to Jeff Halfley and nominate him. Similar to Wake, Boston College is also undefeated. Its schedule again not super difficult. They've beaten Colgate, UMass, Temple, and they beat Missouri at home this this week. But I think that part of that you need to add the context of they lost their starting quarterback. And they're still 4-0. And they're going on the road to Clemson this weekend in what I think will be a more interesting game than I would have assumed when when Phil Yurkovic originally went down. So, but still, it's something worth watching. Uh, Dave Aranda, Baylor's 4-0. Oh, yeah. And now, again, this is another situation. Like, you got to look at the teams they've beaten. It's been Texas State, Texas Southern, Kansas, and Iowa State, which is the best win by far. But still, Baylor's 4-0. There were questions about them coming in. It wasn't exactly a very good team last year. So to see them not only winning, but also putting up points because like they scored 66 against Southern, 45 against Kansas, and they put up 31 against Iowa State this week. So that's kind of putting some of my my expectations for them to the side because I was always worried about them offensively. And my final nomination, Jeff Trailer, UTSA. I mean, he's he's always good for a great soundbite. But his team is also winning. He's he's undefeated. He's picked up a win over a Power 5 team in Illinois. They look like a team that can win Conference USA this year. And Jeff Trailer is going to be one of the, I mean, he's quickly really kind of building something at UTSA to where you feel like this offseason, depending on which jobs come open, his name's going to get tossed around quite a bit. No quit. Another no quit team. Uh, mm-hmm. As we saw in the Memphis game as well, just a, a remarkable performance. So I am a real, uh, a, I, I feel dirty for admitting this, but this is a this is a safe space uh, here on the Cover Three podcast. You know, we only have people listening all over the globe, but since it is the Cover Three uh, monthly award show, I needed to do all my research, and uh, I actually looked at game control. I'm sorry, Tom. I actually went to look up game control, but the team that had me going to look up the game control rankings was Wake Forest because I was thinking, you know what? I don't know if anyone has been more in command of every single game that they've played than Wake Forest. And again, you played Virginia and Florida State in conference play uh, in your non-conference games. You know, you're not going to be having uh, something that, stands out with ODU and Norfolk, but they're number four in the country in game control. Like there has just not been many moments that Wake Forest is being playing football where it has not looked like Wake Forest is going to win 
Number four in the country in game control. The execution and the efficiency on offense has been flawless. I mean, really, the 35-14 to win against Florida State and the 37-17 win against Virginia were both the same script. Jump on them early when they show any signs of life, get stops and add on to the scoring total, and then just squeeze the game out um, in, in a way that made me feel like I was playing NCAA football. You know, you're just trying to get through the game. You just want to get up early, get a couple stops, and then, I don't know, maybe if you're uh, really into the Heisman race at that point in your dynasty, you're, you're just feeding the ball to your, your best player to let him pad his stats. But just in terms of the competition, again, I understand that the competition is not uh, top-notch, but Wake Forest has dominated basically every minute of college football it's played this uh, so far this year and in this month. So uh, I like that nomination of Dave Clawson as well. And along those lines, I, I, I you didn't nominate him. I didn't nominate him. Our producer Jordan is wondering why. Kirby Smart, Georgia is a team that has dominated everybody's playing, but the reason I haven't nominated him is the same reason I didn't nominate Nick Saban or any, you know, it's Georgia's playing kind of how I expected it to. And I feel like for me, fair or not, my opinion of Kirby Smart is not changed at all in the first month of the season. It's not going to change unless they beat Alabama. When that happens, then it's like, okay. And again, some coaches, you get, you kind of, you know, set the bar lower and higher for some, fair or not. And that's just kind of where I am with Kirby. Georgia, number six in the country in game control. Two spot, Alabama, number five. Wake yeah, that Clemson, game was, that Clemson game was too close to say it was, you know, control, control, but they were never in danger there. Um, all right, so... Of the ones that we had uh, on both of our ballots, did you have Mel Tucker? Yeah. Okay, so Mel Tucker, Sam Pittman, James Franklin. Mm-hmm. Who's the award going to? I'm giving it to Mel Tucker. and it's, For me, the tiebreaker is what Bud mentioned on Monday. As far as like EPA coaching decisions, Mel Tucker has made only one quote-unquote bad decision based on the numbers all season long. And it's, I guess, you know, you don't want to do it just based on math nerdy stuff, but I do think that with all of these coaches all off to really good starts, that's something that you have to like maybe consider as a tiebreaker. That's it. The cover three coach of the month for September. Congratulations to Michigan state's Mel Tucker. All right. Now uh, game of the month for September, NC State Clemson. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't hate it. I, what? Not on my list. I thought it was. I. It went to overtime. It was a close game, and it was an important game. Double but, OT. Yeah, but I don't know. I never felt like while I was watching that game that it was a great game. I thought that the. I am um, giving extra points to all of the extraneous, um, you know, luck, voodoo, NC State stuff, because Mm -hmm. in 2016, NC State had a field goal at the end of regulation to beat the Clemson Tigers. It was inside 40 yards. Kyle Bambard missed it. So when we saw that NC State field goal at the end of regulation miss There is not a single NC State fan who immediately was not thinking, crap, now we're going to lose to Clemson in overtime the same way we did in 2016. That Clemson team, which, by the way, Clemson Clemson fans, they probably swore off uh, basketball success forever to whatever deity they pray to if they could have that uh, 
field goal missed because that 2016 was Deshaun's national championship season. If NC State makes that field goal, Clemson doesn't have that 2016 national championship. For NC State to battle back from that gut punch uh, and to be able to um, get through into the second overtime, get the score you needed, get the stop you needed, I thought that it carried a lot of uh, interesting ramifications, including within the ACC, now that Clemson is on the is on the ropes and not in the driver's side, driver's seat for the ACC's Atlantic Division for the first time since 2014. Uh, incredible atmosphere in Carter Finley Stadium. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that uh, it got it got some recognition here for Game of the Month. Though I can tell it's uh, it might not, it might be an uphill battle Perfect, here. Perfectly defendable nominee i don't i don't hate it i just it didn't it didn't pop into my head as one of the first games and even though it was just most recent uh i will start with my first game or my number one seeded team <laughs> alabama 31 florida 29 just considering the the level of the teams playing in it the environment at the swamp and the fact that florida really defied the expectations of what we expected. And it was the first time in a long time where you thought Alabama could lose Mm -hmm. because they, they jumped out to that lead. Florida took the punches, picked itself up off the mat and started throwing haymakers right back at them. They were beating them up. They were in a chance to tie it. And we were very, very close to a season that has featured a lot of surprises already adding the biggest one of all to this point. So I think that's got to be nominated for game of the month. I'm so broken that I it took me the two point conversion to really think Alabama would lose. Like I'm so broken down by Nick Saban and by this Alabama Crimson Tide team because you know, if you come talk to me in 2014 or 2015, I think that the Crimson Tide are a team you can go and get. I mean, we had did Dr. Bo, Bo Wallace, was he did he take down was he the quarterback or was that Chad Kelly? For the old back-to-back Ole Miss wins, I think it was Swag. It might have been. It might have been both, but I think it was Swag. Swag Kelly, uh, back-to-back wins for Ole Miss. You've got the Gus Malzahn Auburn teams getting wins in 2013 and 2017. The since 2018, Alabama in the regular season is not exactly a team that uh, that you expect is going to go and get got. Obviously, LSU. In 2019, that historic run with Joe Burrow, but the the standard, like my my resting level of confidence in whether or not Alabama is going to win or not over the last four years has dramatically shifted in a way where I don't think it's possible. And only at the very end, I thought that was possible. Fantastic game, kicked off the SEC on CBS schedule. Um, not on my board, but yes, very, very good game. You know, honestly, you bring it up, like the last few years watching Alabama games as I watch them, I'm watching it mostly from like draft evaluation. Like you're not even wondering if Alabama is going to lose and what the repercussions are going to be on college football. Correct. I'm watching Alabama's players and it's like, oh, they're all good. They're all going to be drafted. But I'm also watching like how any prospects on the other team are performing against them. Because that's, that's the tape that lets us know whether they're good or not. Yeah, that's kind of what Alabama games have been to me for the last few years. So that Florida game kind of changed the calculus on it a little bit, which is why, like, because I spent so much time talking about it in the reaction pod, that was why I was so, I was noticing Florida just beating Alabama up in the trenches because that's what I was watching. Because, I was again, I approached that game from the same kind of, you know, all right, let's see what Florida has here talent-wise. And then you're watching, it's like, oh, 
oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to have to start rethinking what I think of these guys. I have changed my perspective. And as we look ahead to this weekend against Ole Miss, I don't think I'm going into it just from an NFL talent perspective. No. This one. Very, very different uh, around the Crimson Tide, at least for the moment. Penn State Auburn. Yeah, no, good game. Good game. Great, at, great atmosphere, you know, big plays at the end to be able to set it up. Awful fourth down play call for Auburn, but like Bo Nix played one of the best games you would expect Bo Nix to play in Happy Valley. Sean Clifford was awesome. Probably the best game of his college career, 28 for 32 uh, in the plays that he came up with, even as the Penn State run game struggled. I under the lights, like I just I, I really enjoyed every bit of that game. And it I came out of it feeling more confident in both teams because I thought both teams played pretty well. Yeah, and like even even that fourth down call just kind of adds to the game's like candidacy. So it's like yeah. it's nice. It like having those kind of moments that you could just be like, Are you freaking kidding me? That 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 sticks in your mind and makes the game stand out. And I think that's a great, a great nominee. Uh my next one. Fresno 40, UCLA 37. Also on my board. I mean, just it's also, I think, like the whole Jake Hayner, is he going to live through this game aspect of it? And then, like the back and forth nature, both him and DTR slinging it, Hayner leading him to the victory at the end, but also like the community aspect of it being like the Pac 12 after dark game where everybody on college football Twitter is watching along and reacting at the same exact time. I always think that adds a little bit of aspect to the atmosphere that was still good in the Rose Bowl, but not quite what it was in these other games we've discussed so far. People have compared Twitter to lots of things. Ultimately, it's always very like selfish and navel-gazing because your experience of Twitter is just whatever your feed is and you get mm -hmm. to choose your feed. But there is something about maybe 3 p.m. on a college football Saturday it feels like everyone's yelling at once. In my experience, that, that makes me less inclined to want to talk, okay? So I'll just sort of keep my thoughts on my notepad, go ahead and, and prepare, do my day-long preparation for the, the reaction pod and for end-of-day writing for CBS Sports HQ hits. But when we're done with that instant reaction and we're sit, settling in to Pac-12 after dark... Everybody's watching the same game. Everything's kind of like calmed down. Mm-hmm. It's 1.30 at the sports bar, and the only people who are left are all yelling at each other from their different tables across, <laughs> the, across the whole place. And it's kind of a magical moment on mm -hmm. college football Twitter. Um, yeah, mine, again, on, on my board as well. Uh, and my last game of the month nominee was Oregon's win at Ohio State. We discussed... In, in the best win sort of nomination, uh, everything in there. And it was also just a, to watch Ohio State climb back was showed us a lot about um, C.J. Stroud, showed us a lot about Ohio State's defense and the issues that were there. How Joe Moorhead has created a real, shout out Charlie Weiss, schematic advantage, <laughs> you know, for the Ducks. I mean, he's just a good game planner, play caller. He, he threw in some interesting wrinkles there, some interesting formations that gave Ohio State some fits. So, um, yeah, Oregon's win over Ohio State, also a nominee for me. All right, my final nominee, Notre Dame 41, Florida State 38. It was 
an exciting game in that Florida State had the remarkable comeback to force overtime. And then also you add the layer of Mackenzie Milton returning for the first time in years after that, you know, injury while at UCF. So you get that aspect to it. And then him playing well to help Florida State come back. And then finally, also kind of like what we were just talking about with that Fresno UCLA game, this was on the Sunday night of opening weekends. This was the only game going on. So everybody who was watching college football was watching that game and everybody was watching it and experiencing it together. And I think that that one really stood out to me as well. Did the total go bust in overtime? No, I, if it's it 79 points, it was there before. Yeah. 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 Good call. Um, all right. So, time to make a decision. I, is Fresno UCLA the only one that showed up on uh, both of our cards? Both of our cards. Yeah. All right. For, and the game of cover three game of the month for the month of September Fresno State's win against UCLA. All right. Um, Freestyle, like what are some of the other um, superlatives you want to give out before we uh, we wrap things up here? I have two. Uh, the first one is for message board poster of the month. Is it the Ohio State one? Who's no. In legal trouble now? No, no. <laughs> this it's it's a it's a it's a group of people. It is any poster through the first month of the season who has gone on their board and posted some version of I can't stand the guy, but damn it, we need to hire Art Bryles. <laughs> That is my message board poster of the month. <laughs> Who's out? In, I guess it's happening in a lot of places. Oh, it happens everywhere. It's happening. I've seen him at Miami. I've seen him at Texas Tech. I've seen him anywhere where anybody is upset with their coach. It's like, damn it. I know I know he's got problems. And I, I personally, I can't, as the father of two girls, I can't stand the idea. But damn it, we need to win football games. We need to get our Bryles in here. Um. Yeah, that's congratulations, message board posters of the month that are calling for uh, the suspension of all um, of all indications that we are concerned about anything in this football program besides these W's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any others? Uh, yeah, I've got another one. It is the worst decision of the month. And congratulations to you, Chip, because it goes to you for ranking Clemson number 14 on your poll this week. They ain't 70. They ain't 14. <laughs> listen, that is a nine and three team if I've ever seen one. They are. Yeah. Well, when they're nine and three, they could be 14th. They're currently two and two. Yeah. I would not, whatever. We're not going to, we're not going to relit. You know what? This gets relitigated over the next like month or so. Oh, when they lose to Boston College this week, where will you have them ranked? No, they are going to win narrowly. They're going to win by about three points. You're going to bump them only, up five spots. Only because Dennis Grossel is not ready for uh, this Clemson defense. But what Jeff Halfley did to DJ last year in the first half certainly has me considering that the Wizard, who has somehow gotten this Boston College team, refigured its offense and, and gotten it to 4-0, I do think he might have a few more uh, tricks up his sleeve. To review... Our Cover 3 Podcast Awards for the month of September. Team of the month for September, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yes, sir. The player of the month for the month of September, Michigan State running back Mel, Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker III. The coach of the month for the month of September, Michigan State coach 
Mel Tucker. And the Cover 3 Podcast Game of the Month for the month of September, Fresno State's win over UCLA. Congratulations, Sparty, taking home two of the four major awards here at the Cover 3 Podcast Awards. Uh, Our thanks to... Danny Cannell and Bud Elliott, we are sorry that your ballots did not come in in time. Sorry they well, weren't counted. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me on Twitter at Chip underscore Patterson. Locks live Thursday, 11 a.m. YouTube.com slash Cover 3. Subscribers of the Cover 3 podcast, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You will be getting that lock show around the normal time, about 12, 30, 1 o'clock Eastern time. So be sure to refresh the feed so that you can get it. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.